Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes, I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. It's Tuesday again, Clitorati. You know, it's amazing what's possible when taboo is just a story. It's not real. And there's so much freedom on the other side. There are so many ways to navigate a relationship and creating a pleasure positive lifestyle. For Pride Month, we were looking for a thruple to bring on. And we ended up finding not only a threesome, but two men and a woman plus three kids. We're very excited to, to dive into this lifestyle and learn more. So please welcome psychological coach and mother of three all the way from Berlin, Bridgie Melling. Wow. It is a privilege to meet you. Hi, guys. I know. You're like <laughs> my hero, Bridgie. Aw, thanks so much. <laughs> We're so excited to have you and you're so sweet. So she's all the way in Berlin. She got up just for you, Clitorati. It's like nine o'clock at night for us. It is six in the morning for her. A mother of three kids got up early to be on Clit Talk. We we commend <laughs> you. We honor you. We thank you. <laughs> um, and I actually, so I found you on Instagram by yeah. looking up the hashtag um, I think I looked up the hashtag thruple or something, something in that world. And I found your, your profile. And one thing that I really loved about it is you can see the love that all of you have, like the mm. kids, your husbands, you, it, like what I was left with is you guys are a loving family and, um, really just operating in this beautiful way. And I just really wanted to have you on so you could share your story and then what's really cool is you actually said that you listened to the podcast. So that was I such do. an added really cool <laughs> bonus. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so, so Bridgie, tell us, can you tell us your story about how your beautiful family materialized? Mm -hmm. And were you always wanting two men in your life? Or how did this come to be? Um, not exactly. So actually, as often life has happened, um, none of us any of this um I think it's just I I was born this way I guess um I always felt like even as a teenager starting to date and like venturing out into those first romantic relationships it never really made sense to me to feel love only for one person so I was always kind of in love with more than one person I couldn't figure out why that was I always felt like you know there was something about this um, that wasn't right, and I didn't know why. And then um, when I met my husband, we're both um, pansexual. So we always flirted and we always watched other people and we compared notes, so to speak. And we always knew that once we had established a solid base, we would venture into this world and we would open up our relationship and, and explore that a little bit more. So it was just something that we were always aware of. Um, I think it was really, we just instinctively knew that we really had to establish a solid base. So we, once we got the career out of the way and we had established our family and we had the kids and the house and everything, um, and I had finished university, then, then we found ourselves with more time on our hands and, and we ventured out and started exploring this world um, 
first together, we, we tried swinging a little bit. I think that's a classic, especially in Germany. There is a huge swinging community. And, and we quickly figured out that that really wasn't our word. Um, but we took it from there and we made some friends. We, we joined dating websites and, and that's when things took off. And then um, one day during a threesome, we just really met someone and it was me actually who fell in love. And, and it was my husband who figured that out before even I did. And he was like, mm. yeah, I think you're in love. And I was like, no, no way. It's just sex. And, um, and that's when we started sitting down and having these conversations about opening up, not just sexually, but emotionally as well. And, and what that mm. would entail and, and what that means for us as a couple. And, that was the beginning. That's amazing. And so how long have the, so are you married to both men or are you? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously not legally, but like, yeah. do, do you consider one your husband and one your boyfriend or do you consider them both your husbands? Like what is like? Yeah. <laughs> well, I consider them both my partners and the children consider both of them their fathers. But um, okay. obviously I'm legally married to to only one of them, my husband and I, we've been married for 17 years now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And my partner and I, we have been, so our partner and I, we have been uh, together for five years. Wow. So you had your amazing. kids before you, you found um, your boyfriend, your Two partner, of them. Yeah. yeah. Two of them. Yeah. So I have two children, the older ones with my husband and the little one is with our partner. Huh? Wow. Yeah. And so and so you said pansexual. Just for our list, people listening who don't know what pansexual is, can you ex- share with yeah. us what pansexual is? Gladly. So, so basically what it means is that we don't attach love to a specific gender. We don't believe in the gender binary and we don't believe that sexuality is binary either. Um, and for us, it means being sexually attracted to a person rather than genitals <laughs> or body parts or a specific look. So yeah, it's about the person and the character and not so much about body. Got mm. it. Okay. Mm. And so so how how does it work? <laughs> do, do, do you guys all live together? Are you all in the same bedroom? Do you guys have three separate bedrooms? Like, it, it, tell me to shut up if it's too, if it's too personal. No, 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 no. I mean, those are the questions we get all the, like all the time. And I get them because they, they're like the logistics, right? So um, actually we each have our own room, which is lovely because um, it, it gives us a little bit of privacy and it, it makes it possible to have that little bit of space to ourselves as well. We're lucky in that regard. We live in a in a loft in in the center of Berlin. Mm, amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, we're very fortunate that way. And um, well, people when people ask that, they think that polyamory or ethical non monogamy and having several partners is all about the sex, basically. But in reality, it's all about the laundry. No, just kidding. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're going to get into that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So no, we don't all sleep in the same bed um, for various reasons. Like all of us have different sleep patterns and like, yeah. Do you ever miss sleeping with your husband or did you guys sleep in separate rooms before? 
No, we slept together. We did sleep together. Yeah. Um, do I miss it? Well, we're, we have really different sleep habits. So, mm. so I was always a snuggler and he like sleeps at the edge of the bed and doesn't like want to be touched at all during the sleep <laughs> or disturbed. And, and like, we have, like, we like our windows closed or open and like, we differ in that way. So, so I don't really miss sleeping next to him because we snuggle all the time and, and we're physical with each other and, and yeah. And during the sleep, it's, I think the most important thing is really getting that sleep. And as parents, that's really right. It's something that we don't get enough of. So. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And so, so you mentioned your children, mm-hmm. how, so, and you, and you had two of them before you brought in the, your partner with your husband how how did that go? Like you are, you, you know, how did you broach the conversation with them? How did you talk to them? How did they mm-hmm. like take it? And what is it like now that, you know, you all, all of you are a family? Yeah. Well, so they were very little when we opened up our relationships. So they don't really consciously remember a time before we dated other people, before we brought other people into our relationship and our home. Um, we were always very selective and it was always clear to us that our family and our children come first and that we would not engage with people who weren't ready to be part of a family, who wouldn't Mm. share our values, who we wouldn't expose the children to. Um, And we really do believe that it takes a village. So we always chose people very consciously with that in mind. So they've never known any other way. And to them, this is really normal. So I think the only thing that really matters to children is having stability and knowing that you have that love and you have that unconditional support. And as long as that is there, I think they're good. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we did um, an episode with Dr. Eli Sheff and mm-hmm. she did a I listened to that year. episode. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she did a study and she said that mm-hmm. children that were raised in polyamorous families actually thought it was normal and they thought it was weird. He's like, this kid only has one mommy and one (laughs) daddy. Like what's wrong with them? So kids are, kids are so adaptable. Right. And, um, and she was also, she was just sharing that, you know, because, and I love, you know, it's so funny that you're, you're saying you and your partners have different rooms. Me and my partner, we don't live together yet, but we've talked about that. And I get it. Like you Mm -hmm. can sleep and cuddle with them when you want to, but the thought of having my own space is really appealing to me too. So I I think that's amazing. And then you are rested because, you know, the kids and the household chores are divided between three people. Do you, I mean, do, do you feel like that makes a huge difference for you? It does. It really does. Especially like during this pandemic, right? I I have so many friends who are really struggling. I mean, not that we're not because every day it comes with lots of challenges for everyone, but, but we're yeah. three parents at home. So whatever chores there are, whatever responsibilities, we share them amongst each other. And it's really great because there's always one person at the very least who can, who can take a little bit of time for themselves and, and relax and recharge. And that's so, so important. So this is really, yeah, I mean, it does take a village. So the more the merrier, if you, if yeah. you can manage the communication and, and it doesn't, it doesn't create conflict then. The, this is, 
Have you heard of the movie called Savages? No. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, um, it's a Blake Lively movie. She's a female actress. She was. And after mm-hmm. her like Gossip Girl days, this like movie came out that I saw because I was obsessed. And, it, you know, it was like a, it was sort of like a cartel um, movie and they were drug dealers and it's this whole cool adventure film. It's great. It's fun to watch. But she had two boyfriends mm-hmm. and um, that were very distinct from one another. And I remember seeing this and I was like, oh my gosh, is this actually a thing? And now yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, this, this actually is a thing. Um, and, and my husband before this asked, what, what, a, what topic are you doing tonight for your episode? And I was like, we're interviewing a woman who has two husbands. Hair flip. So it's amazing to me to see like, all right, you know, how this is, po- how, uh, mm-hmm. how to create, that this is possible to create in your yeah. life. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about creating relationship styles on Clit Talk that work for you. And Katie, Lindsay, and I are all different. You know, Katie's the token monogamous married woman with a baby. Um, I'm <laughs> Who wishes the... she had an extra pair of hands. During the <laughs> exactly. I'm sure. Yeah. She's and down for the community living aspect of this. She's down I mean, for like baby sport. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm on the other spectrum. I'm in a, I'm married. Um, we're in a non-monogamous relationship. It looks a little different right now with COVID being so bad in Los Angeles at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then Lindsay's, you know, somewhere in between the two of us. And, and as Lindsay and I say, we kind of like to make Katie feel uncomfortable, but it's so amazing how, you know, we're three, so we're so different, yet we're the closest of closest of best of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we all kind of are, I think, um, an example of, you know, creating a relationship that works with you and interviewing someone like you um, has me realize that this can be an expanding and evolving conversation. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned that you started with your husband. And first of all, you're both pansexual, which, you know, that's something that I deal with a little bit in my relationship because my husband's like heterosexual, cis male, like doesn't understand the concept of having like a threesome with two guys, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't necessarily turn him on. Um, and so we have to have our own conversations around that and what that looks like. And before COVID, like I would have threesomes with two of my friends, you know, because I'm <laughs> yes. not going to, I'm not going to make my husband do that. It's okay. There's other people yeah. that would do that with me. So are all three of you, all three of you are pansexual? Like are all three of you lovers or are are each of them your lover? Like, and how does, yeah. and then do you have, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so um, our other partner, Marius, he's straight. Um, okay. So they're not sexually lovers, but they do love each other. And they're really mm-hmm. super close and, and supportive. And we're really, we're just family. So love mm. doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, I think. So it's mm-hmm. completely, I can totally relate to what um, Sugar said about her husband and having this conversation and figuring out what works for you, you know? And mm-hmm. I think it's often, that's how it started about intimacy and I think something that many people fear while venturing into this territory is loss of intimacy so they Mm -hmm. think that if you share something with someone else whether it's sexual or whether it's you know something that you live through and whether it's a baby or whatever it is right that that the other relationship is losing something and and 
that's just not the case. Like once you really have this conversation, once you really think about it, you realize that everything that you share with someone belongs to the two of you and it can never be shared with anyone else and no one else can take from that because whatever intimacy you share with someone else is just theirs as well. So once you think about this more and and once you venture out and, and you know, for us, it was realizing that even though I was in love with someone else, even though he at times has been in love with other people, that it didn't change the love we had for each other. You do lose a bit of time, right? Like you have to share yeah. your time and resources. So Lindsay Sugar and myself have experienced true transformation in our lives by doing Clit Talk podcast. And we've been thinking a lot about how can we take our 150 plus episodes and take the best things and put it into a digital course to deliver to you so you can get your results fast. We are so excited and we feel like we have created something that is going to provide value to you. We are launching a sample of our sex and empowerment digital course at the end of May. What we're promising is that at the end of five days, you'll have a whole new skill set to make more time for yourself, your pleasure. You're going to learn how to identify and communicate your desires effectively. Let me tell you, it would be awesome. The free five-day digital course will take place from May 24th to May 28th, and Clit Talk will be hosting foundation calls each day on Zoom. These calls will typically be about 30 minutes in length, so head on over to our Instagram and click the link in our bio for reals. Do this for yourself. It will only enhance your fabulous life. Hey, Clitorati. We wanted to take a quick minute to share about our Patreon. You know, we absolutely love being able to create weekly episodes and continue to normalize our message of pleasure on earth. Our Patreon is a monthly subscription crowdfunding platform that allows us here at Clit Talk to have the flexibility to expand our message without having to worry about how it's going to financially impact us personally. We are committed to expanding and creating new and exciting things like live events and a safe VIP community so you can share and be heard in real time. So if Clit Talk makes a difference for you and you'd like to connect with us on a whole new behind the scenes level, please consider supporting our Patreon. Your support makes a huge difference for us so we can make a difference for you. I know. I remember when I, you know, in my, I've, I've had relationships that have been non-monogamous and we've, you know, done, I've never been in a full polyamorous situation, but I remember the first time my, it was with my ex, we were like really opened up our relationship and we would go to, you know, par- play parties and we tried mm-hmm. the whole swinging thing. And I remember friends would always ask me, how can you watch him have sex with somebody else? And yeah. I came to the same thing, you know, love intimacy and sex are not mutually exclusive. You can have all three. You can have two of them. You can have one of them. And it was funny because the sex, like it, I wasn't jealous at all. And that was shocking to me. (laughs) And so people, I I bet you always, you get the question a lot, like, well, what about jealousy? And what I love is you keep bringing it back to like, well, it's, it's about like a, a, a poly love, like poly, mm-hmm. polyamory literally means multi-love and love yeah. is expansive, not exactly. it doesn't contract, it expands. So yeah, yeah, I love that. And that's what people get wrong that they fear they will lose some, but, but jealousy is something that really comes up so often and, and people wrongly assume that, you know, in order to live this lifestyle, you have to discharge, like discard it and you can't ever feel jealous. And, and that's just not how it is because obviously it's just, an emotion and and you're always allowed to feel the whole spectrum of emotions including jealousy so i feel it sometimes and it's just important to realize that it has nothing to do like 
unless you know your partner is a cheater and you've been taught not to trust them, then that's different, right? Mm, but but right. if if that's not the case, then jealousy has just something to do with your own insecurities in the moment, and it can be addressed. It can it can be discussed and and. You can approach your partner and say, hey, look, this and this situation made me feel a certain way and I feel it made me feel insecure or doubtful. And, and they can meet you where you are. They can address this. They can, they can say, hey, what can I do to help you feel more comfortable? And, and it can actually foster intimacy. Mm. Ooh. Amazing. That, that's so interesting <laughs> that on the other side of jealousy, shall you be so willing to choose to yeah. Break, break through that actually lies so much intimacy. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is a part of me still that I'm like, Bridgie, aren't you getting the most benefit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us. Like, what is your, and your husband loves this guy, but they're not sexually mm-hmm. compatible, right? So like, and it's like the bad question. Like, what is he getting? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what is he getting? That's a very good question. You would have to ask him, but I, I I'd say, <laughs> well, we keep joking. Marius is the better wifey because I don't cook and, um, oh. and he, and he does. So he gets, <laughs> he gets lots of lunches and dinners and, you know, okay. and, and lots of love and support. And we just really make decisions as a family and whatever somebody goes through, you have that much more support. You have that much more love and and care, mm. right? So, so it doesn't have to be sexual. But I think, especially cis men, like this heteronormative culture has taught so many men to to associate real intimacy with sexuality, right? They don't know mm. how to relate differently. They don't like that's why so many are playing the field, and, and it has nothing to do with their sexual needs. And most often, it has to do with their emotional needs. Mm. And they just don't know how else to communicate, how else to connect. And that's a conversation worth having. And that's something we discuss with our children. And we try to teach them that connection doesn't have to mean, it doesn't have to be tied to sexuality. It can, it can be, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. I mean, how, how much is like, are most people's like, just a, a couple, like take two people, like how much of your relationship is about sex? Exactly. Realistically, (laughs) so little, so little. little. A relationship like the sex percentage of a relationship is so little when you look at the entire spectrum of your whole life. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. Maybe not sugar. (laughs) Maybe not sugar, but like I I can relate to that statement. It's on my mind a lot of the time, but yeah, Yeah. the actual act and experience. Yeah. Like there's so much more to a relationship than sex. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there is. Well, sex is nice. <laughs> I like sex. <laughs> I like sex. Um, Who doesn't like sex? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, no, there are people, but that's fine too. I mean, it takes all kinds. Um, I was just going to say, you know, about the watching, I actually enjoy watching my partner share things with others and, it's just, it's called compersion. Um, and it's just a mix mm-hmm. of compassion and love and, and, and mm. taking enjoyment from their enjoyment, just enjoying to see your partner happy. And, and what they get, just to get back to the question of what do they, what do we each get out of this? It's just, it, it's a massive relief because the pressure is not all in one person. Often in, in monogamous mm. um, heteronormative relationships, 
your partner is supposed to be this magical unicorn that just magically makes all your dreams come true, right? Like they have to <laughs> yeah. have everything you ever wanted in a person rolled into one. And that's massive pressure because right. no one can ever deliver on that. And that's such a huge expectation. And, and once you realize that that's just, that's not going to work out ever. And you have this freedom to engage with others. And let's say, so my husband, he really likes hiking and he likes being outdoors and And I don't enjoy it as much. And I really love dancing. And and for the longest time, we tried to compromise. And I would go hiking with him. And he would take dance classes with me. And we would both be miserable, right? Like, we did it for each other. <laughs> But it would be, like, a huge source of conflict. And, and then just realizing that each one of us is free to enjoy the things we do with other people. And it doesn't take away from who we are as a couple. That's just... So freeing. I can so relate to that. <laughs> well, and I think That's that cool. there's some really solid advice in that, even for heteronormative couples. Like, if the woman, let's say, for instance, you know, the woman loves to take dance classes, she could get a dance partner. It, again, it doesn't have yeah. to be about sex. Like, like I think having your own identity within a relationship. I think so many people, me being guilty of this, obviously in the past too. You're you're identity gets immersed. It can get mm -hmm. immersed with your partner. And I yeah. do think that it's healthy to maintain your own independence and yourself and like your own hobbies outside. Like if you rely on your partner for everything, that's exhausting for one. Your one person can't be everything for you. Like that's why you have girlfriends if you're a girl or guy friend, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so this is like another way of, you know, keeping your own identities and Having three parents, which is pretty damn cool. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would love to meet your children. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute. Well, no, and speaking you. of your and speaking of your Instagram, one of my favorite highlights on there is the one <laughs> that's called Kinky. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and 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 you and your and um One of your partners, you're both gin yeah. you're a ginger couple, which is yeah. always hot. Um, so, so I don't know if that's a kink. I that, love but. a good stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> It is hot. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, what kind of kinks are you into? And yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess this is just fascinating, right? We're talking about hobbies, and I guess certain yeah. kinks we like. Yeah, are absolutely. All three of you into the same kinks? Do you have different yeah. kinks? Like, how do you navigate that? you know that's a fascinating question so absolutely is it a hobby I'd say so I mean not no a hobby would be maybe downplaying it I would say it's a way of life and it's a passion mm. and it's part of our identities even so um well it says on our website right we're we're um kink aware professionals like mental health professionals and And we're also BDSM practitioners ourselves, so we can relate, not just because we're open to the idea of that not being something pathological, but just because we're also we're members of the local king scene and and um, we've educated others and we've been educated ourselves along the way, right? And we we live this lifestyle. So and it's so it's so enriching to to be able to live your passions and and something that we've really found out along the way is that you know, perverts, like in, in psychoanalysis, perverts are the happiest people because they have found a way to make their 
desires functional and to to get their needs met, right? So, oh so, my god, I um, love that. Perverts <laughs> are the happiest people, <laughs> and it's true. I mean, not per, not perverts like the term is used these today, right? But just right, people right, right. who. Just people who have found a way to meet their own desires. Our desires aren't repressed, right? We're free to engage with others. We're free to get our needs met. And that's mm. just really empowering and beautiful and enriching. And yeah, I highly recommend it. <laughs> One of the things that I that struck me about your family and not only how loving they were, also you're fully open and public, which I know a lot of people in a polyamorous situation keep it secret. Um, and so I love that you're public and empowered around it. Um, and how has that been for your community? Have you received any backlash? Have people been accepting? How did your families receive, you know, the the information? Like what, what has that experience been like for you? Well, before diving into that, I think it's really important to realize that we're really in a position of power. Like this is really about um, privileges first and foremost, right? We're white, we're educated. Mm-hmm. We live in Berlin, Germany, which is just its own little progressive bubble, basically. Like you couldn't really live like this as openly without criticism in the rest of Germany for the most part. So mm-hmm. not to yep. mention the rest of the world, right? So so we're really, we've been very fortunate to to have all these privileges and that's something to be really highly aware of. Um, having said that, so yeah, we've been open from the beginning. It didn't make sense for us to lie. We had this conversation and we, we thought about how to deal with this. How we will how would it affect the children? Will they be ostracized because of it? And and we decided that for us personally, the most important thing is to to be an example and and live an authentic life and not teach them to hide who they are and to lie about what makes them happy. And and that ultimately, even though they would potentially face some criticism or some backlash, this would benefit them down the road for their own lives. So, Mm. So it's really about making this choice about what works for you in your specific circumstances and what works for your family. And and we were pretty happy, like we were pretty fortunate that we, for the most part, have the support of our families. Like it took a little getting used to at the beginning. There were lots of concerns about the state of our marriage and about, well, I think it's important to realize that even if you do face backlash from your family or from others, from friends, or it's mostly out of concern. I think people feel like, this concept is going to endanger your relationship or your family. It's potentially going to endanger theirs because it forces them to look at all the things that they're not looking at, right? That they're looking away from potentially. Um, and if you live like this, then then maybe so could they. So that's that's a dangerous thought. What a great message for your kids. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Well, Bridget, thank, thank you. you so much for coming on today and really just being super open and candid with us and answering all of our questions and really creating a powerful container for this conversation and for polyamory in general and really just opening up and you know, it's about the love, you guys. It's not always about the sex. (laughs) (laughs) Where can our listeners um, keep in touch with you? Where can they 
see the beautiful pictures of your family and potentially work with you if they're interested because you do counseling as well? Well, um, they can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is Bridgie Melling. <laughs> and uh, we have a website for our therapy business. It's um, radicalselfcoaching.com. So they're very, they're, everyone's welcome to connect with us there. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, And this is just the beginning of our, our, you know, collaboration. Welcome to the Clit Talk family. Thank you so much, you guys. And um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And um, Clitorati, with that, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Clit Talk Show for your clit fix in between episodes.